I'm Glenn Schmidt with Schmidt Farms in Waller, Texas. We're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. So all you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the final cattle on feed report for 2022 is out and it shows that feedlot inventories are continuing to drop. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. It's looking like Texas High Plains feed yards will need to make some good strategic moves to stay in the black in the months ahead. I'm James Hunt and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. A beef checkoff program update, including funding approved for 2023 checkoff programs. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have comments from the chairman of the Cattlemen's Beef Board on Texas Ag Today. A popular podcast is giving flight to Texas quail and the issues that surround the game bird. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The final cattle on feed report for 2022 shows less cattle in feedlots with lower placements and higher marketings. USDA livestock analyst Shale Shagum looks at the numbers in the report. The number of cattle on feed on December 1st was just under 11.7 million head, which is about 2.6% below 2021. Just over 1.9 million head of cattle were placed on feed, which was 2.1% below a year ago. And feedlots marketed just under 1.9 million head during November, which was about 1.2% above a year ago. Oklahoma State University Livestock Marketing Specialist Dr. Daryl Peel says the placements number was at the high end of the pre-report expectations. I don't think it's a big surprise, um, but it's a little bit bigger. Um, but the bottom line is the on-feed inventory is still coming down, um, and that's probably uh, you know what's most important as we go forward here uh, in, into the new year. And that is helped by the large number of cattle feedlots are marketing. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're continuing to market uh, cattle at, at a, in a very timely pace. Uh, and, you know, uh, as we start to pull these numbers down, uh, obviously, uh, you know, uh, numbers are going to get tighter uh, going forward. Obviously, marketing will come down simply because there won't be as many cattle um, at some point in time. But right now, we're moving cattle. And this contributes to the fact we're going to end up the year with record beef production in 2022. You know, slaughter and beef production on a weekly basis appears to be moderating a little bit. I think we're kind of turning that corner, if you will. We're still moving cattle at a pretty brisk pace out of these feedlots. While feedlot inventories are dropping, it's looking like Texas feed yards will need to make some strategic moves to stay in the black in the months ahead. 
James Hunt has the story from Amarillo. As we talked about last week, fed cattle prices in the current $1.55 a pound range are giving cattle feeders opportunities for profit, even on a strictly cash basis. But pressure on the bottom line remains intense. And Brady Miller of Texas Cattle Feeders Association says one issue is the interest rate hikes the Fed has imposed over the past year or so. People may not realize how much that may affect an animal being fed in a feed yard. But it wasn't too many years ago, interest rates, when they were down next to zero, you know, in that one to two percent or whatever guys were getting at the time, three percent. You could feed an animal for six months and it would cost you, you know, somewhere between 15 and $25. Today, that same animal, because of interest rates going up, is going to cost you probably somewhere in that $75 range. So that's all real cost that takes profit out of your pocket at the end of the day. Another real cost for feed yards, and it's a big one, the rising price of feeder cattle. An animal coming out today was put on feed somewhere in that buck fifty-five range for a 750-pound feeder animal. That same animal being put on feed today to replace that animal on feed is in the buck 80 to buck 90 range. So it's going to cost you somewhere around $200 more to buy that animal on a 750 weight than it did six months ago. Miller says with feed cost and everything else, we could see losses up to $150 per head in the near future. But again, that's talking on a strictly cash basis. Most feed yards do make use of marketing and hedging strategies that can make their margins come out better. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The cattle industry got some good news last week when it comes to cattle marketing. Congress passed the omnibus spending bill to fund the government for the next year, and that bill did include an extension of livestock mandatory reporting. Laramie Adams is National Legislative Director for the Texas Farm Bureau. Yes, it got extended. It's something that, uh, you know, American Farm Bureau and Texas Farm Bureau has been uh, supportive of and making sure that that gets extended and uh, it's something that uh, we've talked to the Livestock Marketing Association about the need for. And uh, we're glad that uh, that it finally was included in this package, uh, which, again, we'll extend it for another year. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll just be bird-dogging that one throughout the next year. Adams says the omnibus spending bill did not include Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley's Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act. That's the bill that would mandate that packers buy a certain percentage of cattle on the cash market. Funding has been approved for the 2023 beef checkoff programs. Tom Nicoletti checks in with the chairman of the Cattlemen's Beef Board. My guest today is Norman Voiles Jr. He is an Indiana cattle producer and chair of the Cattlemen's Beef Board. And Norman, uh, what is the latest for uh, Texas cattle producers to know about the, the beef checkoff? In September, the uh, Beef Promotion Operating Committee, which is a group of 20 beef producers uh, involved with the checkoff year-round, got together and determined how to spend about $30.5 million on different programs for fiscal year 2023. We had uh, nine contractors, National Cattlemen's Beef Association, American Farm Bureau Foundation for Agriculture, um, seven other folks came in and presented programs for veal. They also presented programs for consumer education, consumer research, human nutrition research, uh, international marketing. Let's talk a little bit about consumer outreach. What, what are you trying to accomplish with the beef checkoff in that respect? Always trying to make sure that consumers are aware just how nutritious 
beef is and how good it is for the environment as well. The sustainability, of course, that's a, that's a buzzword that everybody likes to talk about. In the beef industry, we kind of like to think of the sustainability as being a three-legged stool. It's both environment, economics, and social. Economically, the beef industry, certainly in Texas and much of the West, is extremely important to those local economies. Those are the businesses that drive uh, a local economy. They're the ones that pay in the taxes. They're the ones that are primarily invest in those things that are important to those different communities. A number of cattle and pork producers from the United States uh, went to Japan back in the fall of uh, 2022 as part of a U.S. Meat Export Federation uh, trip uh, commemorating uh, 45 years in the Japan market. And uh, Norman, uh, recap that trip for, uh, for us. Why was it important for you to go and what was the uh, overall significance? I'm currently serving as chair of the Cattlemen's Beef Board, and USMEF is one of the largest contractors of our organization. Um, we give them approximately $8 million a year to invest in foreign marketing around the world, and funds are available from the U.S. government to help supplement those funds. It turns out that foreign marketing returns nearly $24 to the U.S. cattle industry per dollar invested. Japan is our largest market, has been for a number of years. They recently have worked some trade relations where the tariffs are starting to decrease for the opportunity for additional pounds of beef to go over there. I think it was very important that as producers, we had the opportunity to go over there and meet some of the importers and also have a chance to uh, view how the beef is displayed in grocery stores around the country. We had the opportunity to meet a number of importers uh, while we were there, and their attitude towards trying to get more U.S. beef in there, they were very interested in doing that. Their opportunity to meet and talk with us and, and find out how beef is raised in the U.S. was very important to them because it is important to the Japanese consumer. That is Norman Voyles, Jr. He is chairman of the Cattlemen's Beef Board. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A popular podcast is giving flight to Texas quail and the issues that surround that game bird. Gary Joyner has the story. Quail hunting season is underway in Texas. It began statewide on October 29th and will close on February 26th of next year. The best area to find birds this season is in South Texas. The daily bag limit is 15 birds, with a possession limit of 45 birds. Many factors influence the population of quail in our state and their abundance or scarcity in regions of traditional quail country. Researchers are doing their best to better understand those factors. The passion of quail hunters and their bird dogs in the field is second to none. Speaking to that passion every month is a popular podcast originating in Texas. It's called Dr. Dale on Quail. The host is Dr. Dale Rollins, Director of Outreach for the Rolling Plains Quail Research Foundation in Rotan in Fisher County. Dr. Dale is one of the country's premier quail researchers and authorities. He was a longtime professor and extension wildlife specialist in San Angelo before retiring in 2013. The podcast is available wherever you go for your podcast and also on the website of the Rolling Plains Quail Research Foundation at quailresearch.org. Forty-four episodes of Dr. Dale on Quail have been produced, just one shy of the possession limit, you might say. It's worth a listen. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. 
Texas Parks and Wildlife has reopened a few areas of the Texas coast that were closed to fishing for a few days. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And there are different methods of dehorning dairy calves. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.COM. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Dehorning dairy calves is a common practice. Dr. Bob Judd says there are different methods of getting that done. It is reported at Drovers.com that 94% of the dairy producers in the United States dehorn their calves. Unfortunately, there is not a pain-free procedure to perform this task. Dr. Sarah Adcock with the Dairy Science Department at the University of Wisconsin indicated that there has been a significant trend toward more producers using caustic paste to remove horned buds from calves less than one week old instead of removing them with a hot iron before eight weeks of age or dehorning with scoops or saws on calves older than eight weeks of age. As concern for animal welfare has grown and researchers have learned more about the pain calves incur from horn removal, pain management is recommended with dehorning procedures. In 2019, the American Association of Bovine Practitioners indicated that pain management should be the standard of care when dehorning calves. Also, the Dairy Farmers Assuring Responsible Management Program added that pain management is expected when disbudding. This group indicates that all calves should receive disc budding before the horn bud attaches to the skull at eight weeks or less, making this technique not dehorning but disc budding, which is less painful. For this reason, producers are increasingly using caustic paste, but there is still a third-degree burn just like a hot iron and pain medication is needed. A recent survey found that 51% of producers use pain medication after using a hot iron for disbudding, but only 39% use pain medication after using caustic paste. Regardless, both of these percentages are too low. Ask your veterinarian about options for pain medication after dehorning or disbudding your calves. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas Parks and Wildlife has reopened parts of the Texas coast that were closed for fishing for a few days. Jessica Domel has the story in today's Wildlife Report. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department has reopened all restricted saltwater fishing areas on the Texas coast that were closed December 24th in anticipation of a hard freeze. The department ordered the closure to protect saltwater fish during the freezing weather conditions. A hard freeze can kill game fish in shallow bay waters and can cause surviving fish to congregate in a few deeper areas where they become sluggish and prone to capture. Robin Rikers, director of TPWD's Coastal Fisheries Division, said the high mortality a freeze can cause may deplete fish stocks for years. He said protecting surviving fish during the few days when they are especially vulnerable to capture will likely shorten the time period for overall recovery of coastal species, especially spotted sea trout. 
Now that the closure has been lifted, the department is asking anglers and those on the coast to report any freeze-related fish kills that they see. They're asked to report large numbers of sluggish or cold-stunned fish or sea turtles to TPWD's law enforcement office at 281-842-8100. That number is also available on the Parks and Wildlife Department website. You can also report freeze-related impacts on the iNaturalist app or the iNaturalist website to help biologists investigate the impacts of the freeze on coastal fisheries. If you spot stranded or cold-stunned sea turtles, report those to 1-866-TURTLE-5. That is 1-866-TURTLE-5. Sea Turtle Incorporated has already rescued more than 120 cold-stunned sea turtles. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Live cattle closed mostly lower on Wednesday, while the cotton market dropped as well. We'll take a closer look at all of Wednesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Live cattle closed mixed Wednesday while the feeder cattle market was higher. December live cattle up 62 cents, 157.45. The February down 7, 157.80. With April live cattle down a nickel, 161.77. Feeder cattle finishing higher nearby January up 37 cents at 183.47. March feeders up 80 at 186.20, while April feeder cattle were up 37 cents, 189.50. Cash fed cattle markets still quiet for the week. Feedlots here in the South asking 158 and better. Boxed beef prices mixed on Wednesday, choice down 15 cents to 79.89, select up $1.88 to 47.52. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Henry Pickett sold cattle last week. He won't sell them this week because of the Christmas and New Year's Day holidays. So, Henry, tell us how that sale went. Oh, it ended up pretty good considering all the moisture we had in the area, which we were needing it very badly. We ended up with around 700 total cattle with 145 cows. The market was really strong for the last sale at the end of the year. Those uh, 350 to 400 weight steers bring upwards to 240. The heifer mates bring 2 to 210. We had some 650, 7 weight yearlings bring above 75. I mean, it was pretty good for the end of the year. Good, good. Did you see market advancement against the other sale that you had on Monday? Uh, maybe on the light cattle just a little bit, but it's been pretty good all week. Yeah, that's kind of the way it looked. I thought I heard 10 or 12 cents maybe there. Uh, yep. The cow side of it, did we talk about that at all yet? Oh, uh, the cow side, it was probably steady to a little cheaper. I think they've been getting quite a bit of inventory, and they didn't really really want them. Right. But 
it was steady and they they took them all we didn't have any problem getting them moved good now that was our last sale correct that was our last sale and we had a few really nice pairs and bread cows and they were upwards the pairs were upwards 15 15 50 and good. bread cows 13 1400 i mean it was crazy good so. did did they stay local oh uh, yes good good well tell everybody how to get a hold of you henry pickett all right yesterday was our last sale we'll return on january 3rd we can be reached at the sale barn at 325-673-7865 and if you need anything we'll receive cattle all through the holidays or whatever we need and my sale number is 940-733-8208 all right we'll rattle your chain between now and then just to see what's going on thank you henry pickett thank you neighbor that's our livestock auction market report we'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens i'm larry marble for texas ag today Thank you, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs finished mixed. February hogs down 67 cents at 90.80. April hogs up 12, 96.57. Class 3 milk was lower. January milk down 16 cents at 19.67. weight. The cotton market closed lower in a fairly quiet holiday trade. Traders continuing to watch the COVID infections in China. March cotton down 97 points, 84.24. May cotton down 105 at 84.13, while new crop December cotton was down 131 points, 81.21. Corn market finishing higher Wednesday for the third straight day. Strength coming from a drier forecast for Argentina. March corn up eight and a quarter, 6.83 a bushel. New crop September corn up six at 6.28 and three quarters. Hard wheat market finished higher again for the sixth straight trading session. Traders have been building in the possibility of some winter kill from last week's storm. March Kansas City wheat up four and a quarter, eight eighty-three and a half. New crop July up seven and a quarter, eight seventy-one and a quarter. March Chicago wheat up eleven and a quarter, seven eighty-five and three quarters. In the energy markets Wednesday, February natural gas down 41 cents at 470. February West Texas crude down a dollar 23, 78.30 a barrel. The financial markets lower Wednesday afternoon, the Dow down 169 points, 33,072. The Nasdaq down 94 at 10,258, while the S&P was down 24, 3,804. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, Check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.